The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hey, welcome to Moviecation. I'm your host, Brady, with my hosts. I'm Cole. I'm Tyler. Oh, okay. I'm Tyler. It worked. <laughs> it, it, it was fine. Yeah. Clearly, clearly Joe isn't here, so this is going to be a shit show. Yeah, he's half. on maternity leave. <laughs> I gave birth to a new bike. He's, well, he's, also he's got to give birth to a new car. taillight is what he's got to give birth to. Yeah. <laughs> or taillight. Thoughts and prayers to Joe. <laughs> he backed he, into he'll, a pole. He'll be fine. He's a, he's a, he's a big boy. Yeah. He, he needs some milk. <laughs> Just some spit and some like turtle wax will get it out. <laughs> yeah. Spit shine. <laughs> so, How's everybody wow. doing? That was my fucking question, bitch. God damn. Get you to it. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, you know. We got we I you know, saw some shit this week. It was it was fucking I wrote a novel apparently according to Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, yeah. how about you? How you doing? I'm good. I also saw some shit this week. Same. I also finished Peacemaker this week, but I can't talk about it cuz y'all motherfuckers ain't seen it. But for the audience, I will say this. I prefer Peacemaker over Boba Fett Mandalorian Part 7. <laughs> to be fair, Boba Fett was the, not, it doesn't take much to be better than Boba Look, Fett. Boba Wrong. Fett. Boba Fett was a fun show. Thinking back on it, yes, it was a fun show, but it took five episodes to get anything satisfying out of it. I disagree. But, you know, I'm not going to fight everybody on this podcast, so. <laughs> but Peacemaker was fun from start to finish. And, like, there's just so much about it that is, like, rewatchable moments where I personally feel most most people watching Boba Fett are going to do. Oh, yeah, Tyler, why don't you take off your pop filter? Let's see if that changes it this week. No, I, well, it, it sounded good. I just, hold on, let me mute real quick. I sounded really good last week for some reason. I don't usually good. I don't know what happened. Yeah, like, I, does it sound any different to y'all? Or It sounds a See, the weird thing is, is you sound perfect no matter what. Yeah, you sound it's fine. It's when we go, but when I go back and listen to it and edit it, mm-hmm. you can see the waves and like Joe's up here, I'm up here, and then like you're just yeah, like so like weird. I said, like I, I uh, we'll try it like this. I this was like muting though, it and stuff, uh, whenever I wasn't talking, and I'd messed with the gain a little bit just because like I could hear it like blowing out in my own ears, so but, but we'll yeah, I mean. Uh, Peacemaker just it was just fun the characters were all fun uh, apparently John Cena got to um, improv a lot of the lines that he said nice and uh, James Gunn actually just released like a nine minute gag reel on Twitter 
it wasn't as funny as I was hoping it would. Like the show is funnier than the bloopers. I mean, that's usually true. It's usually true, but there's still like some standout moments and some bloopers. And this was just like, it just seemed like a behind the scenes, like super cut instead of like bloopers, which I'm not saying is a bad thing or anything like that. But there was like a couple moments where like you just, people couldn't get their line straight. And so they would break character and all that. Gotcha. There's also like, it's pretty interesting to me that the two biggest DC shows that have been on the last couple of years at this point also have to deal with the kkk like Uh dc really loves dc (laughs) because watchmen had a very big like kkk yeah fucking um presence in it and then peacemaker robert patrick's in it and he plays a guy named the white dragon and essentially his member like he's he's just a racist piece of shit And like he's essentially like the grand wizard of a sect of the Ku Klux Klan and his fall, but they they even have like his followers wear the hoods, but they have like devil horns because he's a dragon or some shit like that. Ooh. But <laughs> the one thing I liked in that this is why I like Guardians of the Galaxy too, is James Gunn knows what the fuck he's making and doesn't take himself too seriously. Like, think about like you know, Iron Man and like Avengers and shit like this. Like you have people running around the streets of like Atlanta and London, which is where they mostly film it. And sometimes New York a little bit in these costumes. And it they, the movie itself is just like stupid serious. But like in James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy and Peacemaker and Suicide Squad, you have these motherfuckers in a costume fighting a giant starfish and shit like that. And like this one, they fight something called a, a cow, but it, it it's not a cow. It's hard to explain. It's it's an alien. Okay. And they they don't take it. He doesn't take himself seriously at all. Yeah. Like, and it kind of like, I'm not saying all superhero stuff like that should should be like that but like it is nice to know that like there is someone out there not willing to be like 100 percent serious like well we're finally being pop we're finally popular we're the cool kids we got to make sure everyone knows why we're the cool kids whereas yeah. james gunn is like look we're cool kids now but we're also fucking weirdos like yeah we're well, gonna I mean- do weird shit like fight a starfish and have a guy who shoots polka dots out at people <laughs> Well, I mean, he started with Troma, right? So, I mean... Yeah, Troma, his makes first sense. one was uh, Romeo and Juliet, but it was called Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, he I mean, have uh, um, Splice, or it was either Splice or Splinter, which is Michael Roker was, turns into a giant I, alien. I, I think it was called <laughs> Slither. Slither, Slither. Yes, it was. But Michael Roker and Elizabeth Banks, and, like, there's slug aliens in it, and just, like... It, it, it that's the one thing i liked about suicide both suicide squad and peacemaker is james gunn and any james gunn property really because he even does this with some things in guardians of the galaxy he doesn't forget where he came from yeah so like and he's able to do it more on suicide squad and peacemaker like they gave him the freedom to do it than he was obviously in guardians of the galaxy but there's some like seriously like gory shit in peacemaker and you're like this is just him being able to go back to his trauma days and play around nice 
I'm excited to watch. Like it. one of the one of the things they show in the gag reel is like a is a more one of the more bloody scenes of Peacemaker, and they show that they just like literally throw the actress on the ground and just keep dumping buckets of blood on her. And she's like ah, the whole time. And you're like, yeah, this is just James Gunn having fun on set, and that's Beautiful. the other thing too that I got was the vibe on set just always seemed fun. That always makes know. for a good show. It does. And like, I'm excited for season two. Um, it's just the premise of the show sounds so fucking, the premise of the show is hilarious because it's, it's literally can be boiled down to a guy that loves America so much or just peace so much that he's willing and not like a willing to kill for it, willing to kill for it all women, children, everything at whatever cost it takes. But it's not like a, like a very stereotypical, like America, fuck yeah. It's like, I have issues, fuck yeah. <laughs> and he has a pet eagle. Yep. <laughs> that's amazing. Name Eagle. Uh, that's right. I, I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> they make Eagly. fun of it so much too. They're like, why the fuck could you not think of a better name? And he's just like, next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But it it also like uh before you watch it, if if you really want to, before you watch it, watch Suicide Squad again. But you don't technically have to because they literally start the whole show with previously on Suicide Squad and sum up what where you get to the opening of the show. Because nice. it literally picks up where that after credit scene for Suicide Squad is. I'm, which is I'm sure the there's hospital. a bunch of yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who didn't actually stick around for that because it's such a Marvel thing. Like you don't expect yeah. it at the end of a DC credit. I don't even think I stuck around for it. DC's <laughs> done them before. DC started to do it with Justice League, with yeah. the whole fucking Flash versus Superman thing, which is no. A they very did it with much... the. They did no. They did it with the original Suicide Squad. Bruce did goes they? to meet Amanda Waller. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she and she's showing him. Shows you how forgettable that is, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then. I never saw Man of Steel or anything like that because I just had no interest. Yeah. But yeah, the only one I, before that, I guess. I think yeah, that's the, the one I would one. remember is the Barry versus Superman. And that was such like a, like even like hardcore DC fans, like, because apparently like that's a thing ripped from the comics. were like, because it was such a he who must not be named thing to do. <laughs> it was a very much like, hey, look at this. I'm a nerd but like shazam to me of all the dc movies so far i had the best post-credit scene because well, i had a post-credit scene yeah there were actually there was two one it was um it was shazam talking to he was try, trying to talk to fish like aquaman and then hmm. the other it's uh shows Doctor yeah because aquaman doesn't talk to fish he does something else to fish but he don't talk to fish yeah he um so so the other one is dr savanya in jail and you see this little worm creature who is I was freaking out. So his name is Mr. Mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the postcard, he's like, together, we will conquer the seven realms. And then in the comics, he's like Shazam's biggest enemy. <clears throat> and he's a worm. Like he's this super intelligent worm from like another planet. Hmm. But, yeah, I uh, guess I didn't finish watching that. because uh, I don't know if that's ever going to be brought up again. Because for the new movie, they're like, that oh, Helen Mirren's popular. Let's create a whole new villain just for her. And I'm like, what are you doing? You don't, that's my <laughs> issue with movies and TV shows when they 
when they're based on something, they're like, yeah, we're going to create a new villain. I'm like, comics, pick something, please. Yeah. Because there's no point. I'd watch Shazam on a plane. So I guess I just kind of X'd out of it like right after right. I finished it. But that's my it, favorite. It was a good DC. movie. That's probably my favorite DC movie. I love it. It's yeah, one of the yeah. few I own. I own that one, Birds of Prey. And then I own, I don't know why the hell I own Birds of Prey. And then I own Aquaman. Birds of Prey was really good too. <laughs> I liked it. Well, I liked it. I liked it a lot the first time I saw it. Second, third time I saw it, I was kind of like, nah. I, uh, Birds of Prey was one of the last movies I saw. Wait, did it come out 2020? 2020, yeah. Yeah, so it was one of the last movies I saw before COVID lockdowns. The last movie I saw it was, was either Jokers. <laughs> I saw that one before. So I think the last I movie twice. I saw before COVID like lockdowns was probably The Invisible Man with um, Elizabeth, yeah. whatever from Mad Men. Yeah. That one was like really good. That was supposed to be like the reboot. Like they the were gonna, it was going to at this point. It was going to be the Don, dark of the dark universe. Dark universe. And it, it just Johnny Depp. It just never worked. Um, and I don't know why because honestly, that one was like a really interesting take on the Invisible Man because it modernized it while also still having like the feeling of the the gothic type of horror that the original was because because you got to remember the original came out in like the 50s or 40s or some shit like that was it, when, i thought like, it was the 30s was it 40s? When, like the universal monsters were yeah, those started like, in, like dracula and shit like that i was starting like the like, 30s that's when they 40s. yeah and that's when they made like um frankenstein meets abbott and costello or yeah whatever. but if you think about oh, those it's like stupid crap think if you think about those movies like um it they're very subtle horror movies compared to what you get today and like for a modern adaptation of the invisible man which honestly could could have blown rocks and like been completely terrible it found a way to be like subtly subtly creepy without being over the top modern it was because like it's not if i remember right the story of the invisible man in the original is like he drinks like a potion or some shit and that's yeah, how he becomes invisible he creates a potion that makes himself invisible that's what it is and in this one he's wearing like nanotechnology that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i need to see this. but it was amazing i need to see this that sounds stupid i love it but the reason we're talking about horror movies anyway <laughs> uh is because netflix graced us with a are we movie. jumping right into it, or are we gonna do the other thing first? No, the other thing's the last part, the bigger, the bigger conversation. Oh, good. I, I want to like, get like, good. Let's let's get to this. Because okay, so uh, Netflix graced us with a with let's let's just call it a, a a thing that was filmed in a place and then put on two screens for people to watch. Because I you can't even call this thing a movie. Oh my god! Oh, oh, thank God! You guys really thought I was gonna like it, didn't you? I I, I didn't think you were. <laughs> I I didn't know. I wasn't sure what to think. So I want 
I want because you guys, I know you guys aren't like super horror fans or anything like that. So I want you two to talk about like your thoughts first. Uh, either one, you can start whichever me, one you want to. Let me find my notes because I have, but I don't have a ton of notes. I, I have. I'm interested to hear a non horror fan's perspective of it, and just like an average moviegoer perspective of it, because yeah. I'm an average moviegoer. But I'm also a movie critic. Well, we're all movie critics at this point. But I'm also a movie critic, and I'm also a horror fan. So, like, I'm I'm interested to see how close our perspectives are. Yeah, Cole seems excited to talk about it. So, he can <laughs> oh <first>. yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> this was literally the first. I'd say the first hour, first. 45 it was just boring there was like nothing to me nothing substantial really happened oh yeah here's you know oh he's cutting her face off putting on her face it's leather face i'm like okay like what i didn't care about the characters i didn't know i don't even i couldn't even name any of them to be honest with you like they, they were just generic cookie cutter horror movie characters right, i literally I literally only had two names for two characters, and that was the only reason I remembered them. Number one was Eighth Grade Girl. Number two was Greta Van Fleet, because her sister looked like any member of Greta Van oh Fleet. And I was like, okay. The, the only character of any substance was uh, the wannabe Laurie Strode. Oh, 50 years. I've been waiting for this night. Who, is she from the original movie? No, just go. Just keep talking. I'll just keep talking. Okay. I don't know who this chick was. Maybe she is from the original movie. I haven't seen the original, but good. That was probably the best part of the movie when he gets the chainsaw and just like has her up in the air and it's just. I liked that part. <laughs> I liked the bus scene, even though it was so, so stupid. Yeah, if you you try anything, you're canceled, bro. All these yeah, idiots that... with their cell phone. I'm like, what is? Th and can we talk? Can we talk about the Confederate flag thing? What the? F I'm just. Oh yeah, take that down. I'm like, what? This is why is this getting so political? I like, I'm just trying to watch this friggin' movie. I mean, I it, that's that was something I agreed with, <laughs> but it was more for, in the context of the movie, it was more for. Uh, I assume property values because they're auctioning off all those buildings and yeah, that's, you have a bunch of I, rich uppity people coming. So they're like, take that's that down. That's what I figured. Cause they, you know, they didn't want people seeing that and whatever. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how abrupt that ending was? <laughs> what the fuck? I, I had to go back and rewatch it. Cause I'm like, wait, 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 what? They're driving away. <laughs> and Somehow he's able to catch up with a moving car. He just grabs, yanks her out of the car. Oh, got her head. <laughs> to be fair, this is the one time I'll break you before I even say anything else. To be fair, A, they weren't driving away. The car was driving them away. Because they put it on too. autopilot. Yeah, and yeah, B, I, it was going like three miles per hour. Yeah, but still. <laughs> and aside from that... <laughs> I did like the well, scene of the one girl crawling under the house and he's got the chainsaw like following her. That was that, that was a neat scene. I liked that. Yeah, that's my, Greta Van Fleet. My favorite but, part was the uh Leatherface's dolphin powers whenever they're in the in the pool thing inside like towards the end and he just jumps out of the water. God. <laughs> I'm 
just, I'm sorry, but I feel the way about this movie that Brady felt about Godzilla and King Kong in the same way that Joe felt about Laser Team. I'm just like, I don't know this in the post credits. I'm going to take a guess here. Is that the house from the original movie? Okay, cool. Hooray. I don't want another one. I don't want to watch the original. I don't want any more of this. I guess I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> um, go. Well, I've I haven't seen any of the other ones. What what, what was that? <laughs> Why are you just showing things? <laughs> this is this is the original. I bought it Friday night when the new one dropped because I used to own it and I. <clears throat> watched it a long time ago and this one by the way just so you know it's supposed to be a direct sequel so i was like let me refresh ah okay. yeah it, it says that i will go i will go deeper on this when i talk but you go ahead okay uh yeah i i haven't seen any of the other ones uh don't really know anything about it other than weatherface and he runs around with the chainsaw killing people uh that being said <laughs> I actually kind of enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I I also just really like the bad horror movies though. Like there's one on fucking Amazon called Lamageddon and it's the dumbest thing, but it's so funny. <laughs> I think <laughs> so that's I, intentionally bad though. This was just they they attempted I think they had an idea, but I don't it got away from them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely nothing, you know, groundbreaking or like movie gold or anything like that, but it was, it was a fun watch. I, I liked watching it. Um, the bus scene, like you were saying is really cool. Um, was he making that one guy hump a girl in the corner of the bus with the chainsaw? That's what I, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not, but I was just like, what the hell, dude? Like it it was just it's good for a laugh. I with no expectations or anything like that, it was it was enjoyable. And then the ending just made me laugh even more. Just <laughs> oh, I had to pause, rewatch it, and pause the gangs. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> That's all I got. So uh this movie made me want to start drinking again like <laughs> i uh earlier this year my new year's resolution was to go sober i've almost made it two months and this movie almost sent me back on the wagon because <laughs> fucking goddamn hell holy fuck this movie and i talked to one of my dudes from the record store sean shout out to his podcast radish uh him and i talk about movies all the time and i saw him today and he knew I was recording. I was like, I'm so fucking ready to just, just end this movie's career tonight. Because motherfucker, this movie, and uh, Joe's not with us, obviously, tonight. But him and I talked um, in a separate chat from YouTube, so we didn't spoil anything. And he saw my, because I sent you guys the censored version of my list, so because I didn't want to spoil anything. He saw the full like list of notes I had, and he agreed with pretty much a lot of what I said. Um let me start off with one thing that I had a problem with, which was the character of Leatherface itself. Uh, Tyler, if you move real quick so Cole can see your background. 
all right notice his mask has like makeup and shit on it yeah all right tyler you can move back so that is known as pretty face and in the original look obviously Leatherface is not mentally all there yeah <laughs> but it's because he he he's also in a cannibalistic family that uses his size and his mental capabilities as like a means to kill people and shit like that you know what i mean yeah um but Leatherface has always had, and they kind of showed a little bit in early in the movie when his mom died and like, he's like mourning her loss and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that he does kind of have like a, a caring, sensitive side to him. But the thing is, is Leatherface was never, Hey, let me kill this person or let me find this dead body and cut off their face and wear it case in point like i just showed you joe's or tyler's background there they called it the pretty face because he wore it during the like the penultimate moment of the original movie which is a really long drawn out dinner scene and the reason he wore it is because that's what his personality was showing that night he got dressed up in his nice suit and he wore his his good face is because that's what his personality was for the night he had different um basically different masks for different personalities that he or like emotions that he wanted to portray um so when he when his mom died and she and i i get kind of the message that they are wanting to convey there which is like he's mourning her by wearing her face but for me the the makeup on it just did not look good like it just yeah. looked like he was just wearing a face at this point. Yeah, it didn't um, really like stick around. Like he so, put the lipstick on and stuff, and then I never saw it again. Yeah. Yeah. So and, the other the other issue I had with this movie is it literally tells you nothing. This movie takes place 50 fucking years after the original. Because that's original what came I was out, gonna ask. Like so, so this the original came out in 1974, way before Halloween and all that. Um and is can like obviously there were slashers before it and whatnot, but this was like the start of the golden era of slasher, you could say, with like Halloween and shit like that. Um, so he's so, so is he supposed to be the same guy then? Yeah. It, okay. This is why I say it, it explains nothing. Yes, it's the same guy because he's give or take nineteen to twenty-five in the original. And so clearly he could still be alive. Okay. I don't think he'd be as agile. Yeah. I, I don't think he would be as agile as he is in this movie um, for what they portray. But it doesn't explain how he gets to Harlow at all. Because that's not where he was originally. Um, post-credit scene, obviously. He's walking back to the original house where most of the movie takes place. Yeah, Most of the original movie takes place. So like... And the lady that's his mom is, that's not his family at all. They have an established family in the first movie. Hmm. They, there's no mom, but there's, there's a grandpa character. There's a father character and there's a brother character. And like, that's an established like thing within the franchise. And I guess it's implied that he was at the orphanage that the lady was running then. Right. Like, so it's not his mom, but she's taking care of him. Yes, and he's sort of kind of, you know, in a way protecting the town or whatever. Who 
but obviously he hadn't killed her or anything in a long time because there is like a there is a moment where he just snaps and obviously he has to dig into the wall to get his chainsaw out yeah um but i guess you're just supposed to assume that after the events of the first movie something happens with his family and he I don't know, walks to Harlow, kills his way to Harlow, which isn't a real town. Well, it was at one point, but it's just like a ghost. It's like it is in the movie. It's a ghost yeah. town. For some um, reason, face returned. Yeah, and it's it, it like just kind of like took refuge with this old lady at this orphanage. That's perfect sense. Uh, so let's let's get to my first of all. I like I said I bought the original the Friday night it came out um because I wanted to refresh knowing it was a direct sequel and this movie is honestly one of the best horror movies ever not necessarily because like it's groundbreaking or anything like that um because it does very much follow like the slasher movie um structure but the color palette of the movie like you're watching people get cannibalized and like cooked and shit like this. And you're just like, I really want to visit Texas. Cause it looks really fucking pretty in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, like I said, the character of Leatherface itself is a more dynamic character. It's not just kill, kill. I'm Leatherface kill. Um, the characters of the teenagers are interesting. They're, they're very the structure of what you get is like a character for any cast for slasher movies without being like the jock, the slut, the thing, you know, the one guy that's, there is the dumb, funny friend and his name's Franklin and his wheelchair bound. And like, he's just the most inconvenient character in fucking cinema history, really. Cause like, how are you going to run away from Leatherface? You can't run. You're in yeah. a wheelchair. No offense. <laughs> um, this is me after last week getting mad that they're going to cast Madam Web and not, but like, Still, uh, his character is on about that. I'm gonna be on about it if they cast Dakota Johnson. Yes, um, the the you can watch you can watch the original Texas Chainsaw, and then go watch um, House of a Thousand Corpses by Rob Zombie, and you'll be like, yeah, he ripped a lot of that movie off. And even to the point of like, well, I mean, to be fair, House of a Thousand Corpses, I love that movie, is Texas Chainsaw and Rocky Horror put together. But even to the point of like, there's nighttime scenes where the where Leatherface is chasing Sally, which by the way, Cole, to answer your question, yes, the lady who shows up, like it's been 50 years, her name's Sally Hart at sea, and she was the, the final girl of the, the original movie. Is it the same actress? No, she died. Marilyn Burns is the original actress. She died in 2014. Okay. Um, but the picture, the picture that she keeps looking at is um the friends, the group of friends from the original. That's what I think. That's and what I think. Frank, the guy in the wheelchair, Franklin, is her brother. Okay. So it while the motivation for her character to be in this movie is there. For me, it kind of looks like they watched Halloween 2018. That's yeah. And That's we're like, let's let's do this character 
but shitty. Yeah, because that's like because she was like a wannabe Laurie Strode. That's exactly what she was here. But like the way they portrayed it, just like for me, just the motivation was there. Yes, and like to be fair, Laurie Strode and um twenty eight in Halloween twenty eighteen, and Jamie Lee Curtis has said this herself. She completely she watched she took twenty eighteen Laurie Strode which is a more badass version of Laurie Strode and made her Sarah Connor for Halloween. Hmm. Yeah. And if you watch hollow, if you watch the newer Halloweens, you do get that Sarah Connor vibe. And that's kind of what they wanted to do that with this movie. And it went nowhere because she lasted like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, They did nothing with her. She shows up and then she, I'll give her credit. She gets the, the coolest kill in the movie, but. Um, So let me go through my notes real quick. Number one, I put, this is interesting for me to say as a horror movie fan, but I want to see your guys' reaction anyway. It was a little too gory for me. Yeah, I I I can see what you mean. But here's here's why I say this. One of the reasons why the original worked so well was because you're literally watching Leatherface chainsaw people and like literally like, there's an iconic scene where this dude walks into the house and he opens up a bar door and Leatherface is just standing there. He's like, and like fucking smashes his head in with a hammer. No blood whatsoever. And it made it creepier. So for like this to, to go from, and I get 50 years audiences changed and all this, but to go from no blood or very little blood at best to all to like, <laughs> to like snap stab. You're just like, oh. like for me, I was just like, man, I kind of from it, it took away the from the movie a little bit for me. Um, oh shit, that's my I'll take that in a second. That's my medicine alarm. It was a slow burn. Um, it would, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but you'll find out later in my notes, it kind of doesn't. The way they end up executing it, the slow burn as the slow burn take of it almost doesn't pay off very well. Uh yeah. it takes over halfway through the film to get to actual chainsaw action. Like I paused it when he finally started chainsawing people, and there was only like 30 minutes left. Yeah, it took a while to and to to be fair, one of the first couple kills in the original was with like a meat hook or a meat um, hammer, but still, there was a lot more chainsaw kills. <laughs> for for a movie called Texas Chainsaw, you expect some chainsaw, not until the last thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then I wrote for being a direct sequel, it doesn't really have any connection other than Sally um, to the original, and it. There was a movie that came out in 2013 called Texas Chainsaw 3D, which I talked to Tyler about last week when we were off air. That was the do your thing cuz thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one is technically a cuz you know movies they reboot and all this so there's different timelines and shit. In that timeline that is a direct sequel to the original. And the opening sequence to that movie is fun. Because it takes place at the original house. Um, it has the original actor playing Leatherface, 
Leatherface of who played Leatherface in 1974, playing one of the family members who try to protect the house. Um, it has you. You know who Bill Mosley is? That name sounds familiar. No, he was a uh, he was a uh, Otis in the Devil's Rejects and um, House of Thousand Corpses. Okay, yeah, he's actually in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, hmm. and uh, he is in Texas Chainsaw 3D. So, like, for, like, two seconds, he's, again, one of the family members that ultimately ends up dying in the begin- the very beginning of the movie. But that one has more of a connection to the original than this one does. Um, and apparently, at one point, Sally was in the movie, but they ended up cutting her role, I guess. But, again, to get Sally for 30 seconds, like, to, to make a big deal that, like, oh, my God, this legendary character is returning and then you kill her in 30 seconds when you're trying to do the Laurie Strode aspect of the movie, it didn't work as much as for me, the or Texas Chainsaw 3D opening worked. Yeah, even though she, they all die. When she but showed still. up and did her big line, oh, I've been waiting for this 50 years. I, I looked at the time, I'm like, we don't have much time left. What 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 are we doing here? Yeah, I feel like she could have came into the movie. Like I know they know, mentioned her like right away, but I feel like they could she could have came into the movie a little bit earlier. It did seem like her visiting the first like death area was a little unnecessary. Like if you're gonna bring yeah. back an iconic, like a you know, legacy character like that, maybe do it sooner. For me, another issue I had was it wasn't as like I said, you're in the original, you're watching people get murdered and all this shit. But you're like, man, Texas looks really fucking cool here. Like it just the color palette of the movie's very bright, like vibrant and bright. And they take all that away in this one. It's very much grayscale, borderline Western looking, modern horror film palette. Yeah. And like it for me, it just even even the later Texas Chainsaw movies, like number two and um number in number five, which are um, in my opinion, the two more iconic ones, because number two has Dennis Hopper in it and bill mosley and it's like it i think it's in the 80s and you get like 80s technicolor throughout and shit like that dennis Hopper, and then eh? and then number five this is the best part about number five we'll get back number five features there. some young actors named renee zellweger and matthew mcconaughey no oh. uh, i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly Matthew McConaughey's career goes dazed and confused, Texas Chainsaw Five. <laughs> okay. And the best part about five, and the I've only seen five once, and the only thing I remember from it is literally a scene because they pretty much they five is almost a remake of number one of the first Texas Chainsaw. Um, and they were able to basically make like an exploitation film in the early nineties and get away with it the only thing i remember is they get to the dinner scene and it's just matthew mcconaughey screaming at renee zellweger for 20 fucking minutes and i'm like what the fuck is this movie (laughs) so like for me to take away from like the color palette and shit like that like as a fan of like nerdy things like that when it comes to films it was kind of like a letdown to see that they went with a darker tone for the movie or for the film at least um number six i wrote again it goes about all right 
I hear a repeat. Do you guys hear the echo? No. Okay, it's gone. No, I still hear it. Fuck it. Um, Leatherface. Hold on. Let me try that. All right, that seems like it fixed. Leatherface masks. Like I, like I explained to you earlier, like his masks were his personality. And so for this one, it was just like, eh. Could have done better. Yeah, um, I couldn't even tell it was a woman's face half the time. It really did kind of look like a blob. Just like. Yeah, just, yeah. It, it looked like nothing. It looked like. Like you've seen spy movies and shit where like they rip off the masks and reveal it's really someone yeah. else. It looks like a prosthetic mask that they forgot to take down. Yeah, I could see that. Uh number seven was the writing isn't as strong as I was hoping it would be. Um, it was written by uh Fede or Fede Alvarez. I'm not convinced who, this thing had a script. Who wrote the Evil Dead remake and directed it. And he also did um, Mama, I believe, too. Hmm. Or that was Guillermo del Toro. I don't remember. He did a couple, like, really big. I think Don't Breathe was one of them as well. Like, he do, he's done something very successful later 2000s horror movies. And, like, I got hyped when I saw his name attached to this. And then I watched it, and I was like, where was the good writing? Because this movie almost kind of had no script in a way. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Could that have been like Netflix, like trying to intervene and do what they want? Because to do I don't, I don't think this movie was originally slated for Netflix. Hmm. I think um, if I remember right, it was announced that they were making it, and then because uh, the rights are owned by like Lionsgate, I believe. Um, and then they made it, but obviously the movie industry is where it is right now, yeah. as far as like COVID and stuff goes. So I think they just like shopped it around and sent it to Netflix as a way to get it out there. Because I feel like they know that, Hey, we have this movie that like might not perform well at all in theaters. So let's try to get it on streaming that way it at least gets some numbers in somewhere to justify what we made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, number eight, I both hate and love the bus scene. I called it the cancel culture scene. It was fun <laughs> as hell, but it was also stupid as hell because you know damn well, and I know we're all making fun of it, like, oh, why would these people do that? You know damn well if some dude came on a bus with a chainsaw, every motherfucker would Yep, you know, and I love like, I love to the friggin' you can see like because they're live streaming it. You can see the the chat. Oh, you ditched me for this. Yeah, Man, this, is, yeah this is a shitty this looking. Is fake. <laughs> Wish I was yeah. there. <laughs> oh, this is Dude. a lame. Uh, but like that, that scene was fun as hell. But it was also the more one of the more fun scenes of the movie, and more memorable scenes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only memorable scene aside from that fucking ending. Um Ooh, I got her head. <laughs> so to go back to my number five, which was the fact that like the color palette was off, I will give my number nine, which also coincides with number eight, I will give it that the bus scene was a nice little color palette callback to the original with how 
by way of the blue light because when they're running through the woods in the original it's very like by moonlight so it looks very blue like that so for me i was like oh like i I see what you're going for there might not you know you could have done this the whole movie but props to you for trying it in this goofy ass scene (laughs) where he forces two people to like fall in love with the chainsaw (laughs) um number 10 the orphanage while obviously not the farmhouse from the original does share a structural similarity in the inside to the original farmhouse um so like and by that i mean you walk right through the door and there's a kitchen right there and then there's stairs right there like they did for it's it's kind of funny that they don't have them in the original farmhouse but they use the same structure as far as the house layout uh i don't know if you guys noticed but like when during that scene when they did go up to try to take off the confederate flag did you guys notice that there was like some dude just sitting in a chair upstairs Uh uh-uh. see i noticed people are like all over the internet right now like did you guys notice it was the first thing i noticed was the fact that like right when you when the guy walks into the room to go first try to get the flag there's someone in the corner just sitting in the chair and then they like show greta van fleet downstairs and they go back up to this dude and like the guy in the and it's the same angle and everything but the the dude in the chair is just gone and apparently it was an unmasked leather face just chilling um Number 11, I wrote, here's Leatherface for the scene where he, like, busts down the door and, like, sticks his head in real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Number 12, Sally was literally worthless. (laughs) They wanted the Sarah Connor slash Laurie Strode character legacy version of the character, and really, she didn't get get that vibe at all, and her story didn't get there. Um, Number 13, this movie is very confused on what it wants to be. And for me, um, that is this. It wants to be a slasher film, and it does pretty well at being a slasher film. But ultimately, look at the girl from eighth grade and look at her story. It very much wants to be what every elevated horror movie is nowadays and be an allegory for something. And it very much wanted to be an allegory for PTSD and how to recover from it. Yeah. And any chance that they gave that character to have that perfect story arc of like yes i have this ptsd but here's how i'm going to overcome it in this situation get all over it with that ending no not even the ending just the character herself they because clearly she's the main she's supposed to be the main character and she's barely in the movie yeah and second of all anytime they show like something of her past and like are able to connect it to her future or where she's at presently and how she's going to be able to survive this they don't execute at all like the scene and i'm not going to turn this political or anything like that but the scene where like they show that like she was in a school shooting and like this you know no offense but the stereotypical like what you would assume is a texan as all is the guy who's like man that's really hard to live through i'm sorry you had to do that and then like teaches her how to use a gun real quick and for her up and then it goes nowhere because the safety is still on or whatever i'm just like you could have gave her a moment she's barely in this movie you could have gave her that moment 
And that could have been the moment where she's overcoming everything. And you, and I obviously, I get why they didn't do it because they didn't want her like AR leather face right away. And be like, that's the end of the movie. But like, you could have gave her, like she, she doesn't have to be a proficient shooter. It could have had the kickback or whatever, but give her that moment. And that's what this movie fails to do. It, 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 succeed, it succeeds in being a good-ish slasher film, but it fails at being an elevated horror movie, which is also what it was trying to do, which is why they do bring in the politics, which, yes, you're right, Tyler. It is, they're very much, um, they know investors are coming, so that's why they want the flag down. But it's also 2022 death politics and horror movies and things like no, that the like, second i saw that flag i was like oh here we go yeah. <laughs> uh final ki- the final kill made me laugh which is the fact that he literally just punched out a window just yeah. s- <laughs> like butter like <laughs> butter and he's just holding your head which that uh, the, the the final kill made me laugh but also that that ending right not even the ending of her dr- first of all the ending the the ending was fucking stupid because She's literally hanging out of the sunroof going, oh, like, what, bitch, fucking take off autopilot and start just busting out of there. Like, why are you still going four miles an hour yeah. at this point? <laughs> but also the fact that, like, the ending is also a callback to the original because the the background that Joe has on his, uh, fuck, I keep calling you Joe. Fuck. I'm not Joe. Stupid. The background that Tyler <laughs> has. Replacement. Let's be real here. <laughs> The background that Tyler has on his thing right now is from the ending of the original when he chases Sally because Sally jumps out of the house and escapes and Leatherface chases them and like gets stopped by a trucker and like the trucker tries to help her escape and like eventually some dude in a pickup truck pulls up and she jumps in the back of it and they drive away really fast because they're smart and they drive away really fast. Also, it's the 70s and you don't have a Tesla to drive away in, yeah. but still. <laughs> um, but Leatherface is like literally dancing with his chainsaw in the Texas sunrise. And that's how the original ends. It's kind of wholesome, really. Um, so for them, to, they kind of start doing that he's like swinging the head and the chainsaw around at the end so that was a little callback to the original but it made me laugh Um, real quick um i'd say she did get that moment that you were talking about but it was with the uh the shotgun that sally had instead because there's the whole scene where she's like shooting him into like the water and then it like she runs out of bullets or whatever and then her sister comes in with the chainsaw but still the reason why I, I agree with you there, but also why couldn't she be the one that ended up? Because she's clearly the final girl. Why yeah. did her sister have to save her all the time? Yeah, I, agree I mean, her sister that. just had a rebar in her leg. There's no way she's going to be able to move that quick. Yeah, how the fuck <laughs> did she get it out of her leg? First of all, huh? Be mad. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Anyway, the end credit score, I'll give it that. It was a bop. It was fun. Um, then we get I to the end credits the, scene. I skipped the end credits because I wanted to get to that scene and get the hell out of that movie. Yeah, we get to the end credits scene. Um, where <laughs> Leatherface walks up to the farmhouse from the 50 or from the original. Um, clearly, it hasn't been inhabited since the original, I guess, is the idea they're going for. I have some thoughts on this. First thought 
why couldn't that be why couldn't Sally and him, I don't know, fucking meet at that house and duke it out? Why couldn't we get something like that? Look how look how they clearly, like I said, they watched Halloween 2018 and said, all right, let's write Sally as Lori. Don't don't compare and, this to Halloween 2018. because No, I'm that the people I, Halloween you, 2018 gave a shit. The people Yeah, here but like, that's what I'm saying. All right, that's we got what I'm saying, Cole. The script is due in a day. We gotta shoot the movie <laughs> in two weeks. We need money. Netflix is willing to pay. Here's some shit. That's what I'm saying, though, is as much as I don't want to, you you have to because that's exactly what they wanted to what they wanted to go for in this movie. And it didn't work for them at all. And if you look at Halloween 2018, which is what a big inspiration to them, Lori basically recreated the original house and she lived in it and knew how to trap Michael in it, why couldn't we get something like that? You know? I'm not saying Sally needed to live in the house or anything like that. What I am saying is why couldn't we get that in-credit scene of him walking up to the house, a better fleshed-out scene of, like, him walking up to the house and Sally just happens to be standing there with her shotgun or some stupid shit like that. Like, it would have been silly as fuck, but it would have been better than what we got with Sally, and it would have been better than putting that scene at the end of the credits. My second thought on this is um, let the franchise rest for just this, and they're not going to because this movie, they said something, people spend like 28,000 something it's hours. number two on Netflix. It's one of the highest yeah. things ever. For this week. Yeah. Um. But I like, all, I think it's all time though. Not just this week. I think it's like ever one of the highest viewed things ever. But but still, like I I know they're going to make a new one because the numbers are there. But I wouldn't. And like if they if they execute it as much as I don't want it, if they execute that final credit scene well enough into a second movie, they might have some quality content on their hands. But that's a big ask. It's a big ask. And also, like I said, just we don't need it. And I can tell you very few people who actually want it. So for me, my final summary is this. It was kind of a slow burn. Also, anything charming about the original, for example, the color palette, the setting, even the lack of gore are missing and takes away from the movie. The movie itself is very confused on what it wants to be. It wants to be a slot. Like I said, it wants to be a slasher film while also being an allegory for PTSD. And like I said, it just doesn't execute some of the opportunities that they could have. Um, I I know we we're all like, watch this because of content, but like part of me is like, man, why the fuck did I make you guys watch this? Like, <laughs> dude, before I even I got home and I went to put it on. And I really wanted to text the group chat and ask, do I have to watch this? Because I was not looking forward to it. I had seen the clip of the of them with their phones. Like, oh, you kids. I had seen that clip. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to watch. This is going to be. But I went in with an open mind. I'm like, maybe there's something to salvage here. And that's the thing for me, too. I, I, I did go in with salvage the... from this. <laughs> 
I did go in with a very open mind and was like, maybe, maybe it won't be bad. And like Cole sent a thing in the group chat like a week before it came out. I was like, man, people are shitting all over this movie. And like, I usually don't listen to that stuff. And like someone even else, someone I was talking to about, it was like, yeah, it's not, it's not doing well, apparently. And I was like, most, most of the critic, and we had this chat in the group, group chat earlier, most critics say shit just to be different you know what i mean yeah like when it comes to fucking this new batman cole was like people are saying it's better than nolan anybody's gonna say that because it, they think it makes them sound different or like more educated than the next review and the it's thing a is a headline <laughs> it's a, yeah exactly and that's all people are looking for nowadays which and as i said in the group chat the only reason you're saying that is because you do not understand the industry that you are writing for in a time when you had two Marvel movies out and DC was dominating the box office because of the Dark Knight and made the idea of a superhero franchise viable as fuck. Of course, later down the road, people are going to I mean, those movies were good, but this is better because it, they think it makes them sound good, but it doesn't. It just makes you sound like a dumb shit. Like, I, I don't. I only like the Dark Knight. Batman Begins is really good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I could give or take Dark Knight Rises. I did not like it. But I also understand as a movie critic and as a film person that like just watches a bunch of fucking movies and as someone who literally sometimes goes and sees movies just to people watch, I know what the Dark Knight did for the industry of superhero movies. And that was made it the Dark Knight walked so marvel can run without the dark without nolan making three really highly successful batman movies we wouldn't have gotten to the avengers yeah yeah that's fair so, so like good news <laughs> david yes. garcia has a lot of ideas in his pocket of legendary pictures decides to green light a sequel to the texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> Ooh, let's hear him <laughs> i i don't think there's anything in there about what he wants that's just talking about it i'll I'll skim through this y'all go ahead and keep talking wait is that the that's one of the directors oh, wait, right go. yeah um i've actually brainstormed quite a bit about what would happen in a continuation of the story or just another tale in the, this world sally returns <laughs> <laughs> i have some really cool ideas that i'd love to have the opportunity to pitch if legendary wants to make another one there's also things when i watch this movie that i look back and i wish i had done <laughs> So I've got those in my back pocket if like I get to do another movie? one. Yep. <laughs> and of course, there's that teaser at the end of the film. So there's definitely a future to explore. I have ideas, but I'm not going to say any of them. Well, yeah, you don't want people to steal your ideas. <laughs> Nobody's going to steal anything from this. Keep it. I don't want it. I will say, I know this one was bad. But if you ever get the opportunity to watch the original... I, I highly recommend it and not even not even just because like oh it's a good horror movie or anything like that honestly the reason I were, would recommend the original to anybody the first thing I ever say about the movie is it's a stunning looking fucking film it's bright as fuck also it just it for being a movie made in the 70s the film on it like the film grain of it still looks clear as hell like it's really good um, I will say the 2003 remake 
isn't that bad. That's the other one that's on Netflix, right? The yeah. And then there was they like the, did the a beginning prequel. or something. Yeah. The the no, the beginning is the prequel to the 2003 yeah. remake. Yeah, that's that's um, what I, and I then, was talking about them separately. My bad. Yeah, then Texas Chainsaw 3D isn't that bad. Texas Chainsaw 2 isn't that bad. The one with Matthew McConaughey, it's fucking terrible. But when are you <laughs> going to get to see Matthew McConaughey screaming at Renee Zellweger any other time? You know? Brady, I'm going to say this. This episode should have been the one sponsored by Taco Bell. No, because I know you won't fucking watch Last Duel and shit or Nightmare Alley, which is our <laughs> next episode. So I gotta fucking supply you with Taco Bell to watch this shit. Um, Fair enough. But I'll throw in a little. I'll throw in an extra dollar for you Taco Bell, so you can get like a cheese roll up or some shit, just because I made you watch this movie. Like honestly, like I said, I went into this movie with no expectations, and I heard like even some diehard horror fans be like. I like these movies for different reasons. And I just could not stop almost fucking like, like I said, this movie almost made me want to drink again. For retribution, <laughs> I'm going to make all of you watch Laser Team 2 and you can suffer with me. Because I love, I love that first movie, that second one. Not good, not great. I can't remember if I watched two or not. It's the one where uh, Gavin's barely in it. He's in it for like, 10, 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah, I don't think I watched Laser Team 2. Yeah, you're not missing a whole lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably get to it. I I have, like, first and all that, so I can there's, just watch it whenever. There's a running joke in there that by the... And it's our old Rooster Teeth joke, but by the point that movie came out, it was, like, a six- or seven-year-old joke. <laughs> there, There's a running gag of a snail, and... Oh, <laughs> I, I'm leave, yeah, I'm gonna leave yeah. it at that. See, yeah, All right. that's awesome. So, which one of you guys want to kick off the the main event? Go for it, Cole. How about you? I, actually, let's. I want you to kick it off. Let's. I'm so bad at starting. I so like am I. That's why I'm telling people. you. <laughs> so, me and Cole, well, not together, but separately, <laughs> saw the uh, the Uncharted movie, and. uh wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. It was um, fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good Indiana Jones knockoff movie. <laughs> like, that's really all it was. I'm I'm Tomb not Raider familiar with off. the games. What's up? Tomb Raider knockoff. Yeah, that too. But there's definitely some indie moments in there too. Um, yeah. I'm not familiar with the games at all. I played maybe like 30 minutes of the fourth one because it came free with my PlayStation. See, that's the only one I've played in its entirety because it came with my PlayStation. And then I played a few, I played a little bit of the first one and a bit of three at one point, I believe. Yeah. So like there's, there's probably a lot of stuff I missed out on just because I don't, I don't Same. know the lore and stuff like that, but I know the idea of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was a fine movie. Again, nothing, amazing or whatever but it was it was entertaining got the job done it was a good I might story go see it again honestly yeah i i wouldn't mind going to see it again um because once, once batman so, comes out nothing's really coming out until morbius that's gonna be yeah. uh oh boy <laughs> i'm gonna go see that too <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember like some good moments from the movie and stuff yeah. like that. I'm trying. Uh, I didn't see it, but I did talk to someone about it today because I was telling him that we were recording and we we're gonna talk about it, and uh, he said, as a fan of the games, it was disappointing in the trailer to see that they pretty much took in-game like cutscenes and just spoiled it in the in the trailers like the fact that like the, oh, the cargo plane scene. no i don't even know about that but like the cargo plane because they don't show that in the trailer but like the cargo plane Ooh. scene was a big moment the fact that like what's her face betrays you or something like that is a big moment in the game that they spoil in the trailer and he's like so as a fan of the game it is kind of weird to see that they show that in the trailer because it kind of takes away with like where as right. someone who's never seen the game or never played the game or has some interest in seeing the movie it kind of takes away like going to see it for the story because you kind of get what's going to happen well i mean they they also started off with that cargo plane scene yeah that's literally like yeah <laughs> it's literally a record scratch yeah so you're probably wondering how i got here yeah, and then they, they come back around to it. So, I mean, I but from, from the game like perspective, was, yeah, I could see how that would be like yeah. spoiler or whatever. But, but the way that they did it in the movie, it worked. But like I was saying, the post credit scene is in the trailer. As Sony likes to do, they put the post credit scene in the trailer. And when uh, I went with some friends to see Jackass, and th this moment's in the trailer, I turned to my friend, and just as a joke, I'm like, that's going to be the post-credit scene because they're stupid enough to do that. Yeah. And it was the post-credit scene. I'm just like, God, damn this photo. Yeah, they, that they was dropped my, the ball with that. We all know that. It was one of my own, but that was like my only major issue with it. I had fun. Like, I can't not, I can't knock it because it was like, I was having fun. Yeah, I and, don't really have anything bad to say about it other than Mark Wahlberg's thing. a terrible person. But <laughs> yeah, Mark. I don't know what Mark Wahlberg was. He was not playing Sully. I don't know what he was playing, but he was not the Sully I know. And Tom Holland's Nathan Drake is so far removed from the Nathan Drake that I know, at least in the fourth one. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, what? And it's not till the post credit scene that I kind of get a sense of that Nathan Drake. I'm kind of like, okay, I like where we're going with this. Yeah. But. <laughs> You know, he's like, he's like a bartender. Like, oh, let me get you, you know, he's naming all these drinks. And I'm like, that, I, I'm like, I know I haven't played all of the games, but I'm 99% sure this isn't a thing. But, it's funny uh, that you, uh, you said that whole thing about like, after you saw the uh, post credit scene, you get where it's going. Uh, I'm trying to find those tweets from Eric Bador that I sent you, but. You oh, yeah. Saying, like. What was it? Um, he said it's not fun. Yeah, he said it wants to be something, but they do that in the post credit scene instead of like the rest of the movie or something like that. Let me see. Uh, did you send those in the group chat? Yeah, we send way too many memes. Yeah. <laughs> we need to... Here we go. Uh, Uncharted's biggest sin is that it's not fun. It tries to earn something that everyone went in went in expecting it to be so when it's finally there they do it in a post credit scene and it's, and you say why wasn't that the whole movie yeah yeah that's the thing because you fi I finally get a sense of the Nate of game Nathan Drake in the post credit scene 
Yeah. And it cuts. It like the you know, they're backing away from this guy and they turn and there's clearly somebody or something there because they're like, oh whoa, and, and it cuts. And I'm like, the you could have given us like a few more seconds. But you gotta come back for the sequel, Cole. <laughs> I mean, I'll come I'll come back for a sequel, but it's I'll say this. It's not a great Uncharted movie. It is, however, a pretty solid adventure film. Like it's yeah. nothing offensive. It's nothing. It's it's fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Totally agree. You know, but as an ad- adaptation, it's like ah, like if if they had called this anything other than Uncharted. No one would have cared, and that's why yeah. it's called Uncharted. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't expecting uh, Nathan's brother Sam to be as big of a role because, you know, I need still need to play. You know, I haven't played all the games, but he did. Uh, I do know Sam doesn't show up until the fourth game, and yeah. then he's like a major character. So that was interesting. Interesting to me, seeing that character. But yeah, it was fun. Um, it's definitely not the worst adaptation of a video game. Yeah, <laughs> I have seen more, way, way worse. Definitely, I have seen better. <clears throat> Sonic, <clears throat> but you know. So, do we want to get into our whole? I mean, so yeah, that brings us to the big point of this all, like. Video game adaptation movies are usually, I would say, a good 75% to almost 90% of the time shit. Yeah. I like, mean, you get, what's this, Yol Bowl or whatever his name is, making all of them, and they're just not, like, there's a fucking Far Cry movie. Is there? There's a Far yeah. Cry movie? It has a... I didn't know that. It has the dude who plays Hugo Stiglitz in Inglorious Bastards hmm. as like hmm. the main character. Yeah, you wouldn't know that. I think it was like honestly, I think it was like a very small release thing. What yeah, I didn't know about this. But like, ooh, budget of thirty pretty... million dollars. Uh, box <laughs> office was seven hundred forty-three thousand six hundred thirty-four. It's it's funny. <laughs> it it's funny is what makes like headlines and what doesn't because you get that far cry is a fairly big video game loosely mm-hmm. adapted from the video game of the same name but then That's... you get and, it, and i'm sure it has to do with star power but then you get sony or whatever pouring money into rampage i rampage still wasn't bad that. i heard it was decent i heard it was fun it's or uh Pixels, which is not necessarily a video game movie, but very much a video game movie. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. For I sure. was so, I, because it's a good, it's it's probably the best video game adaptation we have. Uh, Mario Brothers from the eighties, please. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> Love that. Um, movie. Angry Birds okay. was honestly. Yeah, shut up, Brady. You know, Can you name something that's not for children. <laughs> okay, as simple as that stupid game was, 
the movie was solid and ha- it had a lot of heart to it. Like I was kind of impressed. I was very impressed with it. Never saw it. Both of you need to. All right, that's our next review. <laughs> Fuck you, no. Um, <laughs> name something that's not for children. Let's go. Mortal Kombat. Uh, 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 okay, yes. We reviewed that last year. It was fu- it Well, was- it's an okay one. See, for me, the best video game adaptation that I've ever seen, and I, it's a fun fucking movie, and Joe might like this answer. I don't know, because it's kind of in his realm of Lord of the Rings and shit like that, is the Warcraft movie. Never saw that one. That either. is shocking <laughs> coming from Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I did not like what I saw of it. Yeah. I... First of all, it's it's made by Duncan Jones, who did like um, Looper and shit like that. That means nothing to me. You've never seen Looper with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Lovitz? No. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. He's also David Bowie's son. Hmm. All right. Um, but that movie did a very good job of establishing lore for new fans that have known nothing about Warcraft while also catering to the Warcraft audience and throwing in enough Easter eggs that Warcraft audience, the, the, the Warcraft audience that has already knows the lore and shit like that can have fun with. Like within the first, I don't know, five minutes of the movie, there's a Murloc in it. And I and like a Murloc in the World of Warcraft games makes a very distinct like sound and it sounds like and like you hear that in the movie and I'm like, there's a fucking Murloc in this movie, bro. Like I was excited as fuck. Like it was a beautifully made movie. And like as a World of Warcraft, yeah, I'm fucking nerding out over here, guys. I, I play World of Warcraft or used <laughs> You're to. You're good. Go off. I was a level fucking 104 mage. God damn. <laughs> Human bald as fuck i have i had a pet gorilla which the only way you could get it his name's bananas and the only way you could get it was you had to buy like certain warcraft trading cards and this was like a rare one and it came with like a scratch off thing with a code that you entered in game and that's how you get this pet god you're a nerd (laughs) and like the lead singer of Cannibal Corpse is a huge Warcraft player. Yep. He has the Horde <laughs> tattoo on his arm. So much so that Blizzard, fuck Blizzard, by the way, um, put a non-playable character within the game called George the Corpse, or called, yeah, called George the Corpse Grinder. And he's a fisherman trader for the That's Horde. Awesome. <laughs> Um, but as a Warcraft fan, I'm watching that movie, and I, look, I get that it's all mostly, yeah, mostly CGI. They did build some sets and things like that, and obviously, you can't have a fucking warlock, I mean, an orc and shit like that in real life. But like the fact that like they built out sets for the for the main human city known as Stormwind, and you're just sitting there watching it, and as a fan, I was like they did it like it looks good like the movie is the movie's not like groundbreaking or anything like that but as far as video game movies go i feel like it it did a very good job of establishing what you need to know for a new audience while not 
dumbing things down for them and having enough in there that even like experienced audience members aren't bored with the content of the movie or the script or anything like that. And it tells a really fun story within the time of the World of Warcraft timeline. It looked interesting. I just never got around to seeing it. Uh, what's his name? Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy is in it, isn't he? The guy who played Jax. I'm pretty sure he is, and I'm pretty sure he plays like a really big role in it. And then you got, um, have you ever seen that show Preacher? No. No. Oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of what else. You got, like, he was on Preacher at the time, so he was fairly big actor um but he's in it as well hmm. uh dominic cooper he was in like preacher dracula untold oh he put pl- he played howard stark yeah howard stark yeah i don't know what's your guys' favorite movie adaptation mario uh, here's one we hadn't mentioned detective pikachu yes was that a video game yes it was yeah but dude that's a solid pokemon movie oh yeah i loved it so good it's up there with that and sonic for me are the gold standard of video game adaptations like so good and it and it's a solid mystery movie oh yeah that was the thing i loved about detective pikachu because i did see it in in theaters um and Charlie I didn't know Hunnam it wasn't in World of Warcraft. What the hell am I thinking of? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on. No, I'm trying to think of what, because I thought he was too. Um, anyway, um, I didn't know Detective Pikachu was a game before I saw the movie. I figured it out like right after I saw the movie. Yeah, I never but played the game. I was able to, but... I was able to go into the movie and just enjoy it because the last time I saw a Pokemon, and I'm not like a huge Pokemon fan or anything like that, but the last time I saw a Pokemon movie in theaters was like Pokemon 2000. But like to be able to like go into a movie theater and see, and this was right before Sonic the Hedgehog came out, I think, right? So to be able to see like a live action version of Pikachu um, on screen was fun as hell. The movie was fun. The movie was very much like, in a way, a Scooby-Doo type movie. You yeah, it's I mean? a solid mystery. Like I, I was impressed. I will say the, the one big reveal. I didn't. I see will. It s- I will say the one downfall of that movie has to do with the reveal. It's the fact that like Ryan Reynolds is the voice of Pikachu. It, for me, it did kind of take away from the movie a little bit because the whole time you're. You're laughing at what he's saying, but you're only laughing because you're like, fucking Ryan Reynolds is voicing Pikachu. Like, they literally paid Ryan Reynolds to go, Pika, 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 Pika. You know, do you know who the internet wanted, like, like crazy to voice Pikachu? Danny DeVito. Only you. You're not the internet, Cole. <laughs> no, you say his name any chance you There were petitions. <laughs> When they announced I, Ryan, there were petitions to change it to Danny DeVito, and I was like, Do you yeah, fucking no. imagine? I would have loved you that. imagine, though? <laughs> Pika Pikachu, you fucking whore! <laughs> Oops, Someone's gonna get stabbed. Monster condom that I use for my Magnum Dong. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the fact that fucking the uh, Resident Evil movies suck. <laughs> All of them. I haven't seen. I heard either. that new one was uh, <laughs> was not great. 
Um, because apparently they released a new one last year, and I completely forgot about it because it came out. And I do find it funny that they made the Super Mario Bros. movie, and they don't have the balls to do it again. So that's why they're going with Chris Pratt for an animated version of it. And here, here's <laughs> I'm holding, give me I'm give me fucking Dennis Hopper's little tiny crocodile head again. Exactly. I'm out all the hope <laughs> in the world, but it's Illumination, so there is no hope. Um, Street Fighter. I guess they made a fucking Doom with The Rock. That was one. <laughs> Wasn't Joey from Friends in that? I don't know, but The Rock apparently is about to reboot one of his earlier movies from his career. Scorpion King. And, <laughs> and no, he said it has to do with like a huge video game that he's been playing for a while. Doom. Do you think he's? Gonna, I don't know if. If it's fucking Doom again, he's like, fuck, I got the money. I could do it better this time. That'd be cool. <laughs> Can that be the title, please? Doom again. What about Hitman? Did you guys ever see those movies? No. No. Wanted to. There was a Monster Hunter movie that came out? Yeah. I hmm. didn't. I didn't. never heard anyone talk about it. Well, to be fair, I think it came out like right when COVID started and like no one saw it. Yeah, that could be it. There's a Max Payne, which was terrible. I did see that one. That was terrible. <laughs> um, and it doesn't age well, especially the trailer, because the trailer plays a fucking uh, Marilyn Manson song. So you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> then again, Mark Wahlberg's in it. So two shitty people, you know, yeah. <sighs> Need for Speed, which I heard was kind of a fun movie. It has a what's his face from Breaking Bad in it. Speaking of Need for Speed, Jesse Pinkman. Oh, um, uh, Aaron something. Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Need the for Angry Speed, Birds I gotta movie. look something up real quick. Uh. Honestly, like. Why? So why do you guys like seriously? Like if you because you guys are more, well I don't know about you Tyler, I, I know Cole is and I'm not like I literally use my PlayStation as a streaming device, mm -hmm. half the time. So as like video game people though, like why do you think these movies don't work? Because like, they try so think about it because there's such a big video game industry. Like think about how much money video games make. Like how like how big Skyrim is and shit like that, but like whenever they go to make a movie, and I'm not saying they're gonna make a Skyrim movie or anything like that, but anytime they make a video game movie, it's either straight to DVD or somehow gets in the theaters and it's just not good. I would say a big part of it is basically your target audience would be a niche group of people like people who've played this game who love it who know it but you can't just market it to them so you have to try to give it more mass appeal and in that you lose a lot of the like the meat of it i guess like you're trying to make it something that anybody can watch and it'll still be good you put big name stars in it who probably have no idea what is going on in these games uh you have all these producers trying to make it this thing that it's not and then 
it's just too many too many chefs in the kitchen see for me when it comes to uncharted um when i look at like the the person that cole has as his background there when i see that like character silhouette i don't i I get why they went with tom holland a because it's a sony movie so he's probably under contract and b because they want you know spider-man you know big name recognition and all that but if you want to make the money this is how i say you do it especially when it comes to like the nerds that are going to be willing to pay the money that right there is 100 percent nathan fillion yep yeah and he That's already what everybody made, wanted <laughs> he already made a super popular fan movie he it, wanted the character why didn't they look at the it kind of goes back to like what we were talking about last week with the Oscars. Like, why don't they look at what their audience is doing and do that? So Sony, I think did listen to the fans. Cause Nathan Fillion, maybe not make him play Nathan Drake, but like he has a Mark cameo Wahlberg, in the movie. Fuck Mark, okay. But I don't care. You can spoil it. Fuck Mark Wahlberg. Give Nathan Fillion that role. If you, if you want, if you want Tom Holland to play Nathan Drake, sure. Fine. I get it. But get the guy that everyone wants to have a better role than a cameo. So here's something interesting about Mark Wahlberg playing Sully. This movie's been developed. What is Sully's character? Like, can you tell me anything he, like he's, that? He's like, basically a mentor, is essentially. He's a mentor character. Although so he's, he's not bit, like he's a he's a bit older than Mark is. Like he's an older guy. Okay. But, um, no, so this movie's been in development since 2010. At that point, Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play Nathan Drake. Ugh. That's how long this thing's been in development. A freaking transformer out here, guys. <laughs> but um, before we uh, you know, wrap, wrap this section up, I wanted to mention, we mentioned The Rock earlier, and I uh, came across something a few weeks ago that I had forgotten about until just now. You guys know the Spy Hunter games, right? I think it was an arcade game first, and they branched yeah, off yeah. into a Need for Speed type thing. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so, um... In when did this come out? In 2006, they released a game called uh, Spy Hunter: Nowhere to Run, and on the box, it's just The Rock staring at you. That's because <laughs> there was going to be a movie of the same name where The Rock was going to play this character, but the movie got stuck in development hell, and they're like, "Ah, just release the game; it's fine." <laughs> so the tie-in game got released, but the movie never got made. Wow. Yeah. That's when you go. That's when you hit the trailer, you get trailer voice got to go in a world where we made a video game first, but it was supposed to be tied into a movie and it never got made. My, my favorite part, it's talking about, it's talking about all the main characters and whatnot in the end, end of the dis- plot, plot description, fates of the three characters are not revealed. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like. It seems like it's it's just it's weird to me that there's such a big fandom and audience for video games, but when it comes to movies, they don't know how to make them well. Sonic is doing it right. I'm you. You can shit on you can shit on it all you want. I, I, I haven't didn't, seen it. I'm I'm not. I didn't anything hate, about it. I didn't hate Sonic. Um, I do believe that. Um. Jim Carrey saved a lot of that movie for me. So, 
everything I'm seeing about two, they're taking what made the first one good and they're expanding on it. Like I am, the, the, I'm watching the Super Bowl and they put put a spot on there for Sonic. I'm like, oh, what? oh, that's the freaking death egg from Sonic Two. Oh my God, look, it's look, it's the game. It's I'm just like, what? This is amazing. You got Idris Elba's Knuckles, which is insane to me. You got the the girl who voices Tails in the game. She's voicing him in the movie. Ready there, Player One, video game movie or not? Borderline. It's borderline. a movie. I know about it's a video games. I know it's a book adaptation because I <laughs> right, I literally uh, saw the I literally saw the movie. Immediately exited the theater, walked across the street to Barnes and Noble, bought the book, finished the book in a week. It's one of like three books I've ever read in my life. Yeah, I read the book like a week before the movie came out. Book was all right. Movie was all right. The book, um, the book ultimately is better than the movie. But, but I will say this the movie's really good as well. And the things that they changed make sense. And I'm, as a fan of both, I think it's easy to look at both and love both for their own reasons. Because if they stuck with what the book, what happened early on in the book into the movie, it wouldn't have been as good as it was because then you're just watching video game Hunger Games. Because you got to remember in the book, he was in high school and shit like this. Like he, it's very much a young adult, like Hunger Games, like, yeah, not like they're going to fight each other or anything like that, but like it came out around that time. And so you're like, so everything would be compared to Hunger Games. But for them to be like, all right, let's take the high school aspect out of it and just, you know, put all the fun cultural references in it. I am in the middle of reading Ready Player Two, and I'm having a hard time getting through it. I've heard it's not good at all. Because what made the first one so good, as far as the book goes, is the references were fun and they were sporadic. So like when you get to things like President Will Wheaton, or like the Kevin Smith name drop, which My, if you listen to the if you listen to the audiobook of Ready Player One, Will Wheaton is the narrator for it, or the, nice. the person who reads it. Yeah. And so they get to that, they get to the uh the line about him being president of the Oasis, and he goes, That's nice, and keeps reading. <laughs> <laughs> No, my favorite, but, my favorite um, part from but, the book, it's, you know, he's talking about all this stuff he knows. He's like, oh, the Simpsons? I know more about Springfield than I know about my own ta- hometown. I'm like, oh, my God, it's me. But the, uh, with Ready <laughs> Player Two, any charm, like any charm of cultural references they have in the first one, it's like a Ryan Reynolds movie at this point where it's like cultural reference per second, like as much as they could do where Ryan Reynolds is very much like a joke per second kind of movie person. Like that's how he does it. This one's like that Van Halen t-shirt I wore last week while drinking a tab soda. And it's just like, all right, we get it. You like the eighties. Can we move on? Like go to the nineties maybe or something. (laughs) Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, free guy. Not a video game movie like adaptation, but it's on the it's like Ready Player One where it could be considered one. Yeah, Wreck It Ralph is another one. Is that a video game? No, no, no but it's a uh, it's based about, on a, like I, I mean I was yeah. genuinely curious because I thought it was for a while. 
No, they made it a real, they made it like a real actual arcade game after the movie came out. And there was a time where you could go to Disney and play the arcade game. Uh, the, the, like, I know it. It, is hard, we re- it is hard as hell. It's like Donkey Kong times 10. I know when we, re- when you and I reviewed Ready Player One back over the summer, I wasn't like generally favorable towards it because I, you Ready said it was an original, you said it was original movie. No, yeah, uh, Free Guy, Free Guy, yeah. I you said it was an original movie, and I told you it wasn't because it isn't. Like, it takes okay. it it borrows a lot from past movies to make it. I will say this though, like Ready Player One, it is a very good commentary on the culture around video games. Yes. Um. Do I want? Because uh, here's the problem with Ready Player Two. Uh, they greenlit the movie before Ernest Klein even wrote it. Like he, I think he had like a treatment idea of what he wanted to do with the sequel. Because the, the movie first did one was re- so big, they were like, the movie did it. so well. They were like, all right, let's make Ready Player Two. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? I haven't wrote it yet. <laughs> um. So I feel like maybe that's why the references in Ready Player Two are more like in your face um i wouldn't want a free guy too yeah it, did yeah. you see free guy joe or fuck god damn it i'm gonna keep editing myself did you free, see free guy Tyler? yeah I'm, I'm the one who told you all to watch it you did <laughs> yeah you were on that show yeah so i, <laughs> or I, I think you? i was supposed to be i think i got left off okay yeah I what did you it. think of it i i thought it was good i saw did it before you, it came out so did you pick up on the 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 borrowing from other movies that I got. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I hadn't seen what you. Okay, I was on the episode where we talked about it. Then, uh, I know you. What did you compare it to? They live. They live. Brady yeah, that's the right. Yeah, I'd never seen that movie. I hadn't seen it, so I. I'm I didn't not the know only person that... about it. <laughs> okay, you and two other people do not equal a million people. Speaking of John Harpenter, this was one of the news yeah. things I heard this week that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. He did an interview, and in the interview, he said that he wouldn't mind doing a sequel to The Thing. I did see that. That'd be cool. Okay. As a John Carpenter (laughs) fan, yay, John Carpenter making more movies. Also, as a John Carpenter fan, do not touch that fucking movie with a sequel, you dumbass. Because it, it's perfect. It, 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 it tells you your story and you get the fuck out of there. You, we don't need Kurt Russell and Keith David 50 years later sitting in the snow still like, which one's the thing? Like, you know, like I don't want a sequel to it because I know I'll be like, but at the same time, I want a sequel to it. Like so bad, like, like if John Carpenter comes back and I get John Carpenter writing, directing, and scoring the thing to Electric Boogaloo, I will go pay all the fucking money in the world to go see it. But if I get John Carpenter is through some like John Carpenter dust towards the production set and that's about it, I don't want it. <laughs> Real quick, um, I didn't get a chance to like interject into it. Cole, when you said Nathan Fillion was in Uncharted, did you mean Nolan North? 
Was that Nolan North? Why did I think that was? Yeah, I I didn't remember seeing Nathan Fillion, and I'm looking at the cast and like. I might have met. Yeah, I met Nolan North. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> You're good. I just I wasn't Nolan sure. Nolan North like, is the for uh, I don't know. He's the voice. Anybody, yeah, he's the voice of Nathan Drake yeah. in the game. So he has a he has a line because they're they're like, oh yeah, we're going on an adventure. He's like, oh yeah, been there, done that, something like that. Yeah. Uh, he was, it was like, about yeah. falling out of the plane, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Oh yeah. They're like yeah, we fell out of a plane. Yeah. Oh, I've done like, that. Oh yeah, I've done that. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Nolan North is the voice of everybody in every game. That makes sense. So. I don't know why the hell I thought that was Nathan Fillion. Okay. You're good. Well, I, I just I, I just got confused because I was like, I don't remember seeing Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Where the fuck was it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, nah, man. Like, maybe what? Okay. What is a recent video game that's come out that you guys want to see be made into to a movie? Decent. Even if it's complete shit. Like, even if the movie's complete shit. The Saints Row games. That'd be cool. <gasps> How would they do that, though? It would not be good. <laughs> It'd be like making a Grand Theft Auto game. It just wouldn't It wouldn't I mean, go over well, but I I'd want be it. Down for a- that's what Ready Player <laughs> One kind of... I mean, that's what fucking Free Guy kind of was, was Grand Theft Auto. This isn't a new mm. game, but... um. But yes, it- Saints Row. Who would you want to play Dude, you got to do Saints Row the third, the one where he's president. It'd be a fun fucking yeah, movie. Would. Who would you get to play <laughs> the main character? Ooh. Have you ever played the Saints Row games, Cole? No, I have not. I've it's about like I need to. It's about street gangs, and in the third one, you literally finesse the entire United States to vote you the gang leader as the president of the United States. Yeah. And then a fucking alien invasion happens, and it's, you and you fight aliens with your gang. The first game started off as basically just a Grand Theft Auto ripoff, but then it just it leaned into the ridiculousness, and it just went insane. Like, was it? I think it was four. Like they just straight up parody a bunch of different games all in the intro of it. <laughs> <laughs> like uh they do some call of duty uh crackdown a, a bunch of other fucking games and it's just hilarious as for main character i'd have to think about it because i mean that's the problem with you know the customization aspect of it is you can literally yeah. throw anybody in there <laughs> honestly as long as you give me the giant dildo bat i'd be fine I'd be down for a Grand Theft Auto movie. What First about you, one, Cole? What's a, what's a no. Cole? What's a adaptation you would want to see? I just said it, Grand Theft Auto. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you one I don't want to see because I know that any attempt they do will be completely screwed up. Kingdom Hearts. Leave it alone. I don't need it. I don't want it. I'd be down. I think, yeah. I'd be down for anime or animated series. I'd be down for that but a movie yeah i honestly think they would you correct me if i'm wrong here but i think they'd be really hard to make that into a movie because of all the properties involved are they is it all owned by disney yeah it's it's all literally just disney though yeah but disney's also very weird about shit like that um i mean think think about the tron legacy soundtrack and how hard it is to get and it's because disney was like 
we'll release about five at a time. Good luck. Yeah. yeah there's um in the same vein as Kingdom Hearts, one another one I'd like to see. What the fuck? Why didn't we say this at all? Fucking Tron, greatest video game movie of all time. Both of them. Why didn't we mention Tron? Yeah, (laughs) you've never seen Tron. What? Never seen Tron. They're off of Disney Plus. I think neither of them. Um, I I want to see both of them. I just the first one's good. Legacy is my sixth favorite movie ever. The first one you're watching, you're like, man, they really fucking made this in the '80s because it looks really good. The yeah, first I've, one's impressive for what I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. And the fact like they couldn't see like what they were like programming the scenes until they were already rendered or something like that. Oh, that's like, cool as fuck. Yeah. Like it's... there's like a couple moments that obviously don't age well. Like the the uh the light bike races are very much like they zoom it up and make you look like you're in like an arcade cab essentially and like <laughs> It's very cheesy 3D graphics, but like, it's the charm of the movie, you know. Yeah. It it it's still honestly like it's very cheesy 3D graphics for the 80s, but it still honestly looks better than the 1999 Resident Evil fucking like giant alien monster that is like stop motion walking, even though it's like CGI'd into the fucking thing. Um. Yeah, Tron's so good, dude. Oh my god, I love Tron. Um, but I I think that's another one like Free Guy and Ready Player One where I don't think the I don't think it was a video game before. Nah. It was not. It it's like Wreck It Ralph. After it came out, they made Tron into a game. Okay. Um <clears throat> let's no, but like I was saying, in the same vein as Kingdom Hearts, specifically they need to do the seventh game, Final Fantasy. Give me Final Fantasy VII as a movie, which the remake is already pretty much that, but I'd be down for a movie. What's one that you would never want to see ever, 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 ever touched, ever? Hmm. Fortnite. It's going to happen, but don't do it. Uh, yeah. And I say this as someone who plays Fortnite. How would you do that, though? You- They'd find a way. They made battleships. You just remake the Simpsons movie <laughs> where they get put in a bubble. And they're like, all right, kids, find it out. Yeah. <laughs> Hunger Games. That's literally what you do. You do Hunger Games, but with oh, guns. So in that movie. Um, Battle Royale meets the Simpsons. <laughs> that's, that's what it would be. <laughs> Take my money. I don't know. Frogger would I be just, a terrible movie. Just fucking two hours of frog <laughs> trying to cross a road. Have an existential crisis in the middle I'd, of the road. I'd go Bubsy. see it. Bubsy. <laughs> Bubsy the Bobcat. Let's do it. What the fuck is that? You don't know about Bubsy? You, yeah, I've you never have, heard of it. Look, I might be more cultured than you sometimes, but when it comes to video games, I'm not. So Bubsy was... I forget the... I think it was a claim. It was their attempt to rival Mario and Sonic. And it was this bobcat who spouted annoying catchphrases. And he wore it's a clobber in time. <laughs> no. Uh, it, it, he wore like a white shirt of an exclamation point on it. And um, I he- I've heard decent things about his first couple games. But I think it was like in the late 90s. They put out a game called Bubsy 3D. 
and the whole game looks unfinished. Like it's literally a bunch of polygons. Like it's so garbage. And he's fully voiced and he's like, Oh, aren't these game designers wonderful? And I'm like, shut up. Uh, I've seen this before. I've Brady, never played Metal Gear. Brady, you look like you just saw a ghost. What's up? Metal Gear. Oh my that god. They never made that into a movie. I think they were going to at one point. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Get um, what's the dude from Twenty Four? Get him to play Snake. Jack Bauer. Yeah, him. He's not doing anything. See, the problem with Metal Gear, with doing a movie for it, is this. Um, and Cole, I know what you're gonna say. Your Apparently, you it's would... in the works, and Oscar Isaac is playing Snake. Oh, <gasps> I don't hate it. Sounds awesome. Give me that movie right now. Right now. <laughs> yeah, apparently they announced that in like December of 2020. I think but I remember seeing that. Yeah. They got to be careful about it because you do know who Solid Snake is named and um, kind of modeled after, right? No. Snake Plissken from Escape from New York and Escape oh. from LA. Yeah. So they got to be kind of like, I'm sure John Carpenter doesn't care. But like no one knows who that guy is, but they'd be fine. Apparently, the Kojima average suggested... moviegoer doesn't know who that guy is. Let me rephrase myself. The average okay, the average video game fan doesn't know who Snake Plissken is. If you know Metal Gear Solid, you've probably read about the history and know who fucking Snake Plissken is. Apparently, I mean, Kojima suggested Hugh Jackman, Viggo Mortensen, and Luca Marinelli for the role of Solid Snake. I don't know who um, Luca is, but Oscar Isaac fits the best, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea who this Luca Honestly, I don't, guy is. I don't think you could make I don't think you can make like a Skyrim movie because people are like, oh, it's just Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's that's the problem, is like there's there's too much going on in so many of these games, like like Kingdom Hearts. That there's way too much in just one of the games alone to make a movie out of that. Dude, you would need like 50 movies. You would need a TV show. You would need a tie-in comic. Dude, they've gotten to the point where the rhythm game is essential to understanding the story now. I don't. Please, no, don't even attempt it. Yeah. I don't. I've played <laughs> every game. I have. Suffered through every single moment. I couldn't tell you what the story is. <laughs> and that's my yeah. favorite game series. I can't tell you shit. We we would need we that's, would have to go on for another five hours for me to tell you the plot of the first game. That's a, a pretty common sentiment from what I understand. Yeah. I never got far in the first one and I just don't really care enough. <laughs> so the, se the second uh well, I say second, it was really like the third one. Uh Kingdom Hearts 2, my favorite game ever. The greatest, my favorite game. But the pe people, I remember in theory it was coming out, I had friends text me, hey man, uh, I just I just picked up a copy of 1 and 2, and I'm going to play 3. I'm like, well, you're missing Dream Drop Distance. You're missing Birth by Sleep. You're missing Chain of Memories. You're yeah. missing Coded. <laughs> you're missing 0 0.2 Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage. That's... uh. 
that's another issue I'd say with video game movies is like all these, you know, big name games and stuff. It's like what a 20 to 40 hour gameplay at least to get through yeah, the story. You can't, you can't really tell down. the story into at least two hours at most. Yeah, you can't condense that down 90, that far. 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So yeah, that's another that. big thing about it. Honestly, dude, like give me another Warcraft movie and I'll be happy. <laughs> How about a Qbert movie? We'll give you Qbert. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Roblox. <laughs> Ugh. Well, that's just, that's just the Lego movie, but not good. Let's yeah. get let's get a caterpillar movie, bro. <laughs> like just fucking two hours of just a black screen and the caterpillar going. You mean centipede? Whatever, <laughs> caterpillar centipede. It's all the same. I mean, you know what? I'd be down Frick for a Space Invaders movie. movie. I feel like they can make it work. <laughs> you know, there's a Tetris uh, movie in the works. Uh... You know, there was. <laughs> I don't know I if think... it's, I don't know if it still was, but like around the time Battle uh, Ship was like coming out, Hasbro just like licensed a bunch of their fucking property yeah, into yeah. movies. And at one point, Hungry Hungry Hippos was on the slate. Yep. <laughs> I know. I had I had an idea for it where Adam Sandler was gonna play this scientist, and The Rock's gonna be his bumbling sidekick. So Jumanji. Hey, every movie he does is in the jungle now. <laughs> he can't <laughs> escape the jungle. You know what? That should be his next movie. Escape the jungle. There you go. <laughs> I will Bobby. say that I like the new Jumanji movie for the fact that like they transferred it from a board game to a video game. Like I thought that was cool. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's the end of the show. We can let Tyler no, Joe over here go run his band practice. We can He's go until 3 a.m. Conducting them like this. To the fine yeah. people. Fuck it. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, let's ta- let's talk about. <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about. How's uh, everybody doing? Texas Chainsaw <laughs> again. Let's go. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about how much Brady loves Godzilla versus Kong. Let's do a live oh, commentary God, over the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> no. If I ever have to watch that movie again. Oh, I can finally send you that fucking meme. It's it's the fucking, I don't even know who you are meme, but it's fucking, instead of Wanda, it's Sally's face and Leatherface is Thanos. But it's like the most unflattering Leatherface picture. It's like... <laughs> I'll send it real quick because fucking Joe sent me that shit because you guys hadn't watched the movie yet. Motherfucker. I I would, so yeah, long. I need to hear Joe's thoughts on this because God. I, I asked him if uh, he had anything he wanted to contribute and he said, nah, I'm good. So I'm like, okay, well, fuck you too. Well, like I said, he and I have pretty much the same thoughts on it. Yeah. Because like, it could have been, it could have been better. Sally could have been better. Yeah, the, the potential's definitely there. That's the worst photo I've ever seen. That's great. <laughs> Amazing oh, Photoshop know. job. <laughs> looks like they just set it as like their Facebook profile picture and then what it looks like, like cut it down. Every old man on Facebook be like, <laughs> "That's a tr- no, that's a Twitter icon. That's what that is." <laughs> All right, so that's everything. <laughs> yeah. Next week, to hype y'all up, we're going to talk about two movies again. We're going to be talking about 
uh, Last Duel. And we're also going to be talking about Nightmare Alley, both on Hobo Max. Um, what about Batman? That'll be the next, next one, probably. Uh, if I go see Tyler and I will have a mutual movie to talk about as well. Um, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going. I need to see. You're, you said you were going tomorrow, right? I think I, I'm my, going my Sunday night. Bought tickets, so oh, Studio if, 666. Yeah. Yeah. I might see that. That looks like a, I'm, I'm not a huge Food Fighters fan, but it looks like a fun movie. So. To, to be completely honest with you, the last like Foo Fighters album I actually enjoyed and bought, ended up selling it after like two years, but enjoyed and bought on vinyl was uh, the one that they did a documentary for called Sonic Highways. Hmm. But that was a fun album because they literally went to eight different cities and used the surrounding of the cities to form the music. So like they used the... Uh, the funeral procession bands from New Orleans, um, the what are they called? Like the Fish Eighth Street Band or something like that. In their song, they went to Tennessee. This one didn't make sense to me. They went to Tennessee and got Zach Brown on a on a song with them. I'm like, that dude's from Georgia. Okay. Uh, they went. They went to. Songs. They went to. Um, I want to say they did one in L.A. with Joan Jett. Uh, the best one. The best one that they did, in my opinion, is um, I forget where they went for it, but they got Joe Walsh on it, and yes. that dude ripped a guitar solo. I was just like, <sighs> amazing. Um, <laughs> Joe says the movie was eh. He's being too generous. I I don't think he's feeling good. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Uh, but like, um that was like the last album by them where i was like this is i tried to check out like gold and platinum or whatever they put out after that and i was like eh, it's not beth it's like it's okay they had like one song and then they did uh minutes to midnight or whatever their newest one that they came out with like last year minutes to midnight was lincoln park or medicine <laughs> medicine at midnight i don't know something midnight uh and i didn't even care to listen to it but apparently Studio 666 was filmed in the same house they recorded that album. And I've been reading a couple things on the press about the album. And like they, uh, the two coolest ones for me that I've read were uh, the band was doing an interview without Dave. And the, the interviewer goes, so, so when he came up with this idea, what, why, like, how did you guys, like, what did he do to make you say yes? And they're like, well, after being in a band with him for so long, we kind of learned to just, just say yes to Dave. Like, <laughs> he's never given us, like, a bad road to go down. Like, obviously, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But we just say yes to him because he's fun. And then the other one was the, for whatever reason, because Dave Grohl came with the idea for the movie. But he didn't, he, like, helped him structure the screenplay. But obviously, he didn't write it for him. He had, like, writers do it. And uh, for whatever reason, the writers wrote Lionel Richie into the movie and Dave Grohl read the script and goes, why is Lionel Richie in this? And they're like, I don't know. We thought it'd be funny. He goes, I mean, yeah, that'd be really fun. I actually know him personally. Hold on. Give me a second. Texted him. He's like, hey, you wanted to be in the movie? Yeah, I'll be in your movie. He's like, all right, Lionel Richie's in the movie. 
Like literally a text exchange to get Lionel Richie into the movie. That's amazing. <laughs> and I, I swear, it, the I, I really hope Lionel Richie walks in and just goes, hello. <laughs> That's his whole movie. <laughs> and I like every I saw a red band trailer for it, and like it looks, it looks like a toned down like tenacious d that's, with the that's gore the vibe i got from it yeah. with the gore of like evil dead and like the stupidity of evil dead 2 and like i'm excited for it like it honestly looks like a fun fucking movie and i'm not like it's one that i'm not like gonna go in and be like fuck this movie when i'm done watching like i i'm going in with no expectations and I know I'm still going to love it no matter what, because it just looks like fun. It yeah. honestly looks like what Jackass is for Cole. Or like, it's just like a fun movie in between big releases that you can go see. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check out Last Duel because, you know, fuck Ridley Scott for what he said about that movie or what he said about the audience to that movie. Uh, and Nightmare Alley looks like it could be interesting. I I'm might fuck around and watch Bell, the black and white version. I'm excited for that episode being sponsored by Taco Bell. Yeah, that episode is sponsored by Taco Bell. And by that, I mean we're not paid by Taco Bell, but I gotta pay Cole to go get Taco Bell so we can watch this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pay you back by buying you a beer at some point. He doesn't drink. I don't oh, drink. I <laughs> Unless you like, I, got, I, I don't keep know. Getting you quit. Never mind. <laughs> Unless you like clockwork orange my eyes open and force me to watch Texas Chainsaw good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna make you watch Laser Team too. That'll be just as bad. All right. Well, for Moviecation, I've been Brady slash Joe. <laughs> I have been Cole slash been Joe <laughs> slash Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch Later. you guys next week. Game over.